Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Thank you for joining us this morning as we race toward Christmas Day. So many things going on, so many distractions, some of them positive distractions. If they were not distractions, it would be great, but sometimes they are. Even the good things about this holiday season uh, uh, sometimes distract us from the mightier things and the more important things about the holy day that we are about to celebrate in the Christian community. If you're a Christian today, Christmas is more than gifts and parties and drinking and food. Although we, when we drink, it's non-alcoholic, I pray. Amen. And when we enjoy our food, it's not to the point of gluttony, but surely we enjoy a good meal. Uh, And it's a way of celebration throughout Scripture. There's a marriage supper coming when Jesus redeems us physically from this earth. Amen. Whether we are in the ground or above the ground, we're going to be caught up, meet him in the air, go back to the Father's house with him and have a wedding supper, a marriage supper of the Lamb. When the when the prodigal son comes home, uh, go kill the fatted calf. Amen. Let's celebrate with a meal. Uh, listen, the celebrations around God uh, Good eating and enjoying a meal is is nothing new. It's a way of celebrating. And God blesses us to be able to do that. So I'm looking forward to a good Christmas dinner. How about you? I'm looking forward to the desserts that are special around this season. Uh, But I'm looking more forward to once again being focused on the, the relevance of Jesus Christ coming into this fallen world to lay in a crater lay in a cradle, but not stay in the cradle, but to grow up and to go to the cross and take our place. I want to talk about Jesus this morning. The Jesus is the reason for the season. I didn't coin that phrase, but I've said it many times, and it is so very true. Take Jesus out. Take the Christ out of Christmas, and all it is is a worldly, actually a pagan holiday. Uh, But when you put Jesus in Christmas, the Christ in Christmas, the relevance of this day, and the ramifications of this day, amen, and the real reason for the season comes to light. I want to talk to you today and minister on this Sunday morning service, Jesus, Lord, at his birth. I want, I want you to say something with me to begin this, this sermon today. I want you to participate with me as we listen to the word together. Amen. Jesus is Lord. I want you to say that today as we move forward in this sermon. Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Give you another chance. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. There's no question in that, is there? There should be no question in that. He's not just Savior and Lord. He's Lord and Savior. I question anyone's salvation that will not 
bow to and acknowledge his lordship in their life. Amen. It's very important that we we don't get the ox behind the cart. We get the ox pulling the cart where it's supposed to be. Amen. In scripture, Jesus is addressed as our Lord and Savior. Not our Savior, and then we kind of, uh, you know, see how much uh, of influence we're going to allow him to have in and through our life. No, that's not how this works. Jesus is Lord. Amen. The question isn't, is he Lord? The question is, is he your Lord? And is he my Lord today? Is he Lord of everything? Someone said it very well. If he's not Lord of everything, he's not Lord at all. That doesn't mean we're perfectly obedient at all times. I struggle not with his lordship. I struggle with my weak flesh carrying out that that I want to obey. Amen. Do you have any struggles with, you know, like loving your enemy, for instance, and praying for them that despitefully use you? I have to crucify my flesh to obey Christ's words, but I don't have a problem or a struggle with his words being words that I as a Christian bow to believe in and seek to obey. Praise God. So there's no question of his lordship, is there? The Bible says of Christ, God gave him a name which is above every name that is named of things in heaven, things in earth, and things beneath the earth that at the sound of his name every knee should bow and every tongue confess he is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. So we're going to be talking about Jesus Lord at his birth. Listen to today uh, to this this particular truth as we move right in this Christmas season to Christmas Day. I want to talk to you first before the scripture about Silent Night. Silent Night was written one of in 1816 as a poem. It was set to music and has become the most famous Christmas carol of all time. You will hear it over and over and over again, Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. And the third verse of this great Christmas hymn is filled with great mystery, majesty, and truth. Listen to it. Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the draw, with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord at thy birth. Jesus, Lord at thy birth. Dottie Rambo wrote a song years ago that included the biblically accurate lyric as well. His steps did not begin at Bethlehem and they did not end at Calvary. Now look with me at Micah in the Old Covenant, chapter 5 and verse 2. It says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that shall be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting, literally rendered, whose steps have been from eternity. 
Jesus said some astounding things. Amen. One of the astounding, astonishing statements of Christ is, Before Moses was, I am. Not I was. Amen. But I am. You see, Jesus existed as the second person of the Godhead with the Father at creation. You see that in the first book of the Bible, let us make man in our image. Praise God. The Bible said of Christ, there was nothing made that he did not make. So if you think Jesus only began in that manger, uh, you don't understand where he came from and who he was at his birth. Hallelujah. Let me read this again out of Micah 5 and verse 2. But thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting, from eternity. Make no mistake about it. This was no ordinary birth. This was no ordinary baby. This child, born of a virgin, was very God come in flesh. Isaiah 9 and verse 6 says it this way, prophetic of him. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Want to back up here, Wonderful and Counselor shouldn't be separated with a comma after Wonderful. It should read Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Someone said of this, it should be rendered as well, these be his royal titles. The prophet Isaiah writing 700 years, think about that, before Christ was born, prophesied that Messiah would have four names. And these, this verse right here reveals four names for Jesus. Each one unlocks another aspect of who he was at his birth, who he is today, and who he always will be. They teach who he is and how he can help us today. One of our beloved carols is cast in a form of a question. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? If this morning you have that question in your mind, listen to Isaiah's divinely inspired answers. For these four names speak to us about wisdom, power, security, and assurance. Number one, he, Jesus, at his birth, (laughs) hallelujah, is the wonderful counselor. It literally means wisdom. It means astonishing and extraordinary counselor. The writers of the Old Testament used it for acts of God which man cannot comprehend or understand. The word counselor means advisor or ruler, ideal, perfect ruler. Jesus is 
Lord, hallelujah. Let, let's, let's look at this in, in, in the development of his life. In Luke 2, 42 through 50, Jesus was already the wonderful counselor. Praise God. Luke chapter 2, 42 through 50. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had filled the days they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey, and they sought among their kinfolk and acquaintance. They sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. When they found him not, they turned back to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were, this is the wonderful counselor part of this, amen. All that heard him, he's 12 years old, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with, dealt thus with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. He said unto them, Listen, how is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. By the way, he went home with them, was subject to them, and he didn't walk back into the temple to make a declaration. This day the scriptures fulfilled in your ears until he was 30 years of age, and he began to read of himself in the book of Isaiah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he hath anointed me, amen, to set the captive free, set at liberty those that are bruised, declare the acceptable year of the Lord, open the eyes of the blind. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Friend, Jesus is the wonderful counselor. He's therefore the perfect teacher, the ultimate counselor. And this gives us insight into his work and his plans are not our plans because his ways are not our ways. Amen. His ways are higher than our ways. Uh, generally in our congregation, uh, people already knew what I was going to ask and they would say how high and the scriptures declare and I declare the scripture as far as the heavens are above the earth. You see, he will accomplish things beyond human comprehension as it's written. Amen. Hallelujah. Call upon me and I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knoweth not. And he would do it in ways we cannot fathom. He would do the greatest work ever accomplished and he would do it successfully. A violent death would not be man's way to victory, but it was God's plan and our Lord carried it out perfectly when he cried, Tetaleste, it is finished, it's accomplished, paid in full on the cross. Let me tr apply this truth this way, in a practical, personal way. As the wonderful counselor, he gives pure direction to his people. Those who follow him will never walk in darkness, the scripture said, but in the blazing light of day. 
In this tiny baby, we see all the wisdom of God wrapped in swaddling clothes. What child is this? He's the wonderful counselor. (laughs) Hallelujah. And what child is this? He's the mighty God. That's amazing. You know, the scripture said in him, Jesus dwelt all of the fullness of God bodily. Amen. His name is Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. Glory to God. Amen. It's the first statement of deity. The baby born in the manger is not just the Son of God, therefore. He is also God the Son. All the fullness of God dwelt and dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. As the ancient creeds declare, He is very God of very God. That can never be said of any mere human baby. No one that man is deified in the world religions, I, I put it this way, can say that. No, I put it this way. They, 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 you don't worship a man-made God. You worship the God who made man. There's something important in this title. Because mighty is the word here in the Hebrew, gibber which means strong one, the powerful, valiant warrior. Thus the term mighty God actually is a military title. He is Lord. In fact, he is the commander and chief of heaven's armies. He is the Lord of host. And that's what that means. Hallelujah. He's the God who fights for and with his people. At the incarnation, God took the form of human flesh. That's why one of his titles and names is Emmanuel, God with us. Now take the first two titles together. What do you have? As the wonderful counselor, he makes the plans as the mighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. He carries out his plans. He watches over his word to perform it. All of his wonderful plans will be carried out and all of God's, with all of God's infinite might. Hallelujah. There, there in this little baby is all the strength of deity, the power of God in those tiny little fists. He, he, he has strength which is divine. The omnipotence of God is at his commands. Whatever he desires, he is able to achieve. Hallelujah. Jesus was Lord the day he was born. Praise God. First Timothy 3.16 says this, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Speaking of Christ, hallelujah. He is the mighty God. Then when we truly rely on him, we're relying on God in all of his fullness. He's the mighty God because we need divine, supernatural, spiritual help in our battles and struggles. Satan and sin would defeat us every single day except for the fact 
that He is for us and He is with us. Hallelujah. And He is the mighty God and He has defeated them. In this tiny baby, we see the power of God sleeping on Mary's lap. What child is this? He is the mighty God manifest in human flesh. Hallelujah. The second person of the Godhead. He is also the everlasting Father. In the Hebrew, the phrase is literally the Father of eternity. Hallelujah. Here's a key phrase. He is a Father forever. He is before, above, and beyond time. He is the possessor of eternity. He is eternally like a Father to His people. This is not a statement about the Trinity alone, but about the character of our Lord. All that a good father is, Jesus is to his people. Because he's like a father, he cares for his people. Because he owns eternity, he can give you and me eternal life. Hallelujah. That's so important. For those of us who live on this sin-cursed planet, no one here lives forever. Sooner or later, because of the curse and the fall, we will all find our own place in some graveyard or some urn on somebody's mantle or or shaken from a can over where we used to like to fish, however people do it today. We are not immortal, but we physically are transitory. We're here today and gone tomorrow. A dead Christ would do us no good. Dying men need an undying Christ. Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ, we see the full expression of the Father and the Father's love for His children. We are assured of His protection and His provision. In this tiny baby, it begins to be revealed. We see the love of God sleeping in a stable. What child is this? He is the ever lasting father and last but not least and the most precious to people in a in a personal practical way maybe not in a theological and revelatory way but in a personal practical way this title is the most precious because this is what we need so immediately and desperately living in faulty bodies in a fallen world he's the prince of peace The phrase literally means the prince whose coming brings peace. This speaks of the effect of his coming. This final title is the climax of everything that's gone before. The word prince means something like general of the army. In Hebrew, it speaks of the high position and authority. And the word peace here speaks of his nature and his purpose. Recently, I read there are more wars raging right now than any time in this, this, this century, uh, that, that has just passed. More going on right now in the world and more rumors fulfilling prophetic scripture. All over the planet, there are ethnic conflicts and tribal wars uh, closer to home. Not a day goes by that someone hasn't been murdered in our, in our major cities and even in our rural commun- communities. We see so much killing. It doesn't surprise us anymore. 
and therefore we're becoming so accustomed to murder and bloodshed that we're not shaken and seeking God like we've never sought Him before. No, we're just kind of going along and with the flow. And we need to be shaken by all of this and understand the coming of the Lord is very, very soon. But until He comes, He promises us peace. Hallelujah. Isaiah 9-6 tells us that God's plan for world peace is focused on one person. This baby asleep in the manger in Bethlehem, he's the ultimate man of peace. In the past, his coming made peace with God. Those who believe on Him have peace with God. The enmity is broken down in the present. Those who come to Him find peace in their heart when Jesus Christ comes in. Hallelujah. In the future, His second coming will usher in a kingdom of peace. The methods of Christ are methods of peace. The men of Christ and women of Christ are men and women of peace. And the kingdom of Christ is a kingdom of peace. Hallelujah. To know Him is to know blessing and happiness. To live without Him is to be finally restless and miserable. Listen, in this tiny baby we see the peace of God welcomed by angels and shepherds. And the first, first, first really uh, song of Christmas was sung by all the angels of heaven at the birth of Jesus. Let's look at it. Very familiar scripture. We have the time. Let's take the time. Luke 2, 9 through 14. It says, And lo, the angel of the Lord come upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. Speaking of the shepherds, temple shepherds, keeping the sheep that were to be offered as sacrifices. Hallelujah. And they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Say it with me again. He is Lord. Hallelujah. And this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will toward men. What child is this? He is the Prince of Peace. Did peace come when he was born? No. Was peace made possible when he finished his mission on the cross? Yes, it was. At that very precise time, all who would come to Christ by faith would find peace with God, full pardon of sin and reconciliation, thereby making peace. Praise God. Amen. And we could, we could have peace because He is the Prince of Peace. In this one verse, you have the four names of Jesus. This is what they can mean to you today. If you're confused, take heart. He is the wonderful counselor. If you're weak, <laughs> don't worry about it. 
When Paul said, when I'm weak and trust him, then am I made strong. Because why? He, Jesus, is the mighty God. If you're living in fearfulness and trepidation, he's the everlasting father. Hallelujah. You have a protector and a provider in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you're disturbed and you can't find any rest, you know, the Bible said of the wicked, they are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith God, unto the wicked. All. But if you decide to come to Christ this Christmas season, you repent of your sin and you are forgiven. You will experience the peace of God. Hallelujah. That passes understanding when you put your trust in him. Hallelujah. Who is this Jesus? Who is this child? He is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. And he's coming back again. Hallelujah to rule and to reign forever. I like this little historical note here. I think it's poignant and relevant to this Christmas season. Listen to it. The year was 1809. And a traveler was passing through Kentucky. He stopped at a store and asked, Anything happen around here lately? No, nothing ever happens around here. There was a baby born out at the Lincoln cabin last night. That's all. Just a baby at the Lincoln cabin. Abraham Lincoln. You never know what may happen in the world. When a baby is born. No doubt the innkeeper didn't know who he was turning away. Even Mary couldn't fully imagine what it all meant that night. But that baby born in Bethlehem has become the centerpiece of human history. Oh, I don't know about you, but I just, I just feel the presence of God here today in this little studio, <laughs> in my home studio where I'm making this Sunday morning sermon. Oh, hallelujah. This is a pause moment to say thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Heavenly Father, for sending your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for coming down into our stinking old dirty world. And having mercy on us and loving us enough to go to the cross. That baby born in Bethlehem has become the centerpiece of human history. We even divide time itself by his coming. I'm going to tell you a carpenter's son that, that, that is, is of no relevance, no historical relevance, no personal relevance, no big deal is what the world would like to make of him. Ah, but even the whole world's history is divided by this baby coming and this man dying on the cross being raised the third day, ascending into heaven and coming back again. What child is this? The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. Glory be to God. Listen, dear friend, today, if you don't know Jesus, 
you can't have the Prince of Peace reigning, ruling as Lord of your life. I love the little sign. It's almost become a cliche, but I still love it. It says on many churches, the sign out front, some are goofy, some are really good. This is one of the really good ones. And it simply says, N-O Christ, N-O Peace. No Christ, no peace. And underneath it says, K-N-O Christ, K-N-O Peace. No Christ, no peace. No Christ, no peace. Hallelujah. Today the question is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you be willing this holy Christmas season to repent of your sin? Run to Jesus, don't run from Him. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Receive the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And live the rest of your days, if Jesus should tarry, with the full assurance that your sins are forgiven and you are being protected and provided for by Father, who is a mighty God, who has all power in heaven and earth, and who holds you and upholds you in His strong, nail-scarred right hand. Oh, friend of mine, let this be a truly, truly blessed Christmas in Jesus' name.